0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 233. Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks, Lunar Display, and Instabug. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell.
1: Hi, Mike Hurley. How are you?
0: I'm very well, Jason Snell. Very well, indeed. We have a hashtag Snell Talk question Uh from Connor. And Connor wants to know, Jason, when you're wearing only one AirPod, or when you take an AirPod out of your ear, which one do you take out? Is it left? Or is it the right? <laughs> okay, that's a very specific. I,
1: I don't know why. It, does this make me left-brained? I, I always when I'm holding a phone to my ear, or if I've got one earbud in, it's always in my right ear. Okay, and I, I, it's not like I have a hearing issue in my left ear. I just whenever I am holding a phone to my left ear, it feels completely wrong. Okay, so my my right my right ear. Um, I, I will also, as a bonus, I will point out that, um, as miraculous as the, the, uh, AirPods are, I, uh, my ears are itchy and I hate it that if I have to scratch one of my ears and take out one of the ear pods that the, that the podcast I'm listening to stops. Mm. I should probably do something about that, but it's such a good feature all the rest of the time. But I have those moments where I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to scratch. I don't want to scratch. Cause I don't want to stop listening to the- Oh God, I got to take the ear. I got to scratch my ear now. Yep. So I don't like that. That's a, that's a, it's an issue. They should have like a anti itch plastic <laughs> on on it or something. Anyway, right? The right
0: right is the answer. Connor. Sure right? It's right the, iPod, if it's if it's the AirPods specifically that are making your ears itchy. But who no, knows?
1: no, they just they just itch anyway. But then I I have the AirPod in there. I I wonder if I should get some sort of like a technique where I where I like bring my finger up and like touch the proximity sensor and then carefully lift it away. But I don't think that'll work. I think it'll I think it'll know that the jig is up and probably won't, won't, won't let me scratch my ear while it's still listening. So ears. I so.
0: take out my right AirPod, and I think I know why this is, mm-hmm. because the right side is where the controls have always been for iPhone earbuds and for, like, iPod earbuds right.
1: and stuff. Dangly, dangly controls are on the yeah. right, that's true. like
0: the volume and the buttons and stuff, so I think I'm used to, when I want to change something, my right arm goes up to my ear, you know, or, like, it goes up towards my ear, so that's why I take the right one out. That's that's, what, that's my theory, anyway. I'm sticking to it. All right. Thank you, Connor, for this very peculiar but somewhat interesting question nonetheless. And that is what we love here for Hashtag Snow Talk.
1: Yeah, I think that is like an archetypal Snell Talk mm-hmm. question, which is it really it's very is. personal, very specific, and a little bit pointless. So, there's well no done, other Connor. reason well that
0: we would answer that question. You know? Indeed. So, thank it you, wouldn't Connor. be
1: part of follow-up, for sure. No.
0: Talking of which, uh, there are some audiobook streaming services. So this was something we spoke about in Hashtag AskUpgrade at the end of last week's show. Uh, We had an Upgradian write-in to say, why are there no audiobook streaming services? And we were like, hmm, that seems like there should be some. Turns out there are some. Uh, I just don't know about them, but luckily our Upgradians do. So we had some suggestions come in. Uh, Peter wrote in to suggest Scribed, but without an E. Um, I'm pretty sure that this company used to do something else yes um, well
1: they, they used to be much more of a uh place where people could post copyright violations <laughs> right <laughs> i don't i don't have a scribed script, whatever it is I, I don't have a very positive relation with that brand mostly because uh my entire relationship with them was sending cease and desists about people posting whole issues of MacWorld online. because it used
0: <laughs> to be scans right they used to yeah, do scans yeah. okay so now they also do uh unlimited audiobooks and such and then another company called playster who have a whole bunch Douche of faith. services that that I don't feel like I fully understand uh, movie streaming services and ebook streaming services, but also an audiobook streaming service. Um, and uh, Leston sent that one in. And then the uh, last one's from Corey, who sent in High Books as another option. Hi Books. Hi Books. Oh, and,
1: we, and uh, Lorenzo. Said that in a few countries you can go to storytell, S T O R Y T E L dot com. So they're out there. Um it seems like there's no dominant player, and I, no. I I am a little skeptical about whether the catalogs are very good. Um, but they it's worth investigating if you're somebody who is looking for a, you know, Spotify or Netflix for audiobooks. But so they are out there. But it seems like it's a much smaller part of the market
0: than um Which is interesting. Than to music me. Is. Yeah. It's interesting to me that it seems like, I mean, you're, we're assuming that these these are all one hundred percent above board these services, uh, but let's just assume that they are. They have all of the right deals that they need let's to pretend. have to yeah. provide this content. If they can exist, it's surprising that a company like an Apple or an Amazon are not doing this. That just seems like a surprise to me. If it can exist then it's surprising to me that there are other companies that are not doing it
1: and i have heard that there that there is some audio content some spoken word content on spotify at least too which seems weird but like they've been put in the system sure. even though they're mm-hmm. even though they're their audio content they've been put in the music system so that if you're a spotify user or even an apple music user i don't know search around maybe you'll find something but but yeah, it is a little bit weird, but I think it is the economics, like I said last week, the economics of the publishing industry, that publishers are really reluctant for books and audiobooks to give up the purchase um, model to mm-hmm. a, you know, it's like we talked about with Apple News, right? It's the, it's. do you want to give that up for a promise of a portion of a big pot of money Um and uh, i think publishers have done the calculation and they kind of are reluctant to do that but I don't because know.
0: i guess the th- i i'm expecting that uh, audible plays you more because people are specifically choosing your book yeah, right? they are
1: purchases right the audible yeah. subscription is giving you credits to make purchases and that and that's their way of creating a subscription mm-hmm. model quote unquote subscription service that in the end, is basically an all cart purchase system, and the same just, for
0: yeah. iBooks audiobooks. So my expectation would be that larger publishers don't want to rock that boat because people right now that want to get audiobooks are paying by and large are paying full price for those audiobooks. So maybe there is an incentive there on on the part of the bigger publishers to not want to rock that boat because you know. Uh, look what happened to the music industry. No one buys albums anymore. So, there we go. Talking of which of all this stuff, we have some upstream news. So, Warner Media's new streaming boss, Kevin Riley, who we spoke about a few weeks ago, he's recently put in, put in place. He uh, had his kind of first press junket. Um, and one of the biggest headline tidbits that Riley was talking about is saying uh, that it is not a good model. To share so he's yeah. talking about when before he came on board warner media did a deal with netflix for 100 million dollars to renew their friends contract for streaming um this was before as i say kevin took the role and he seems to not be in the mindset that that is a thing that warner media should be doing going forward when talking about what was referred to as their kind of crown jewels of the warner media catalog uh riley says they should be exclusive to to their upcoming service. Um, They don't think this about all of their content. I think that they're taking a slightly different stance to Disney here um, because Riley says that he feels Warner Media has such a large portfolio that they can do some deals, but they need to be more strategic about it and not be giving away their big stuff. And Friends is obviously a very big thing for them. But I think that Friends deal was just one year. So considering Warner are not going to be starting... Even a beta of their service until 2020, they'll probably be able to get friends back for it.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it makes sense. This is the way video stuff is, is, uh, panning out here is people want to, at this point in the game, people want to use their content to set exclusives to force you. If you want to see it, you need to pay. And yes, um, This is this is like the decision CBS made with putting Star Trek on all access instead of just putting it on Netflix. They could have made more money up front, putting it on Netflix worldwide instead of uh, just outside of North America. But they wanted in the U.S., they wanted to use it to build a new service. And this is what Riley is saying here, which is why I could make money selling friends to Netflix. But I'd really in the long run, it's more valuable to us as part of the content of our service to make people um find it more appealing
0: uh, i just checked it turns out it was a multi-year deal nobody knows how long it is between netflix and WarnerMedia so for friends it,
1: it's a yeah it's a multi-year deal it's a non-exclusive deal which means that the, the warner media service will probably launch with friends yeah but there are but it will go for a few more years it's unclear how long also being on netflix yeah. where warner media is not going to have the exclusive but netflix won't have the exclusive either
0: yeah, but it doesn't make it a uh a selling point for Warner specifically. Not not
1: not right at first, but you can see what Riley's saying here is in the long mm-hmm. run uh this is very much like uh like Marvel and Netflix where you you could see the writing on the wall. Um, have I set you up for our next story right there? Yeah, you have. Uh, <laughs> this was announced just
0: before we w- we went live today on the show. Um, coming from Deadline, there will be no more seasons of Punisher or Jessica Jones. These were
1: the last two Marvel Netflix shows yep. that hadn't yet officially been canceled because they were still rolling out their final season. And obviously everybody knows the jig is up because they did this even before the Jessica Jones season rolls out. They were going to... They waited for after Punisher rolled out, but... Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, we, we've talked about it before Marvel Netflix, uh, on both sides. This is a deal that was made in a different era and five years ago, and that era is ending and Mm -hmm. Marvel stuff is going to go on Hulu and it's going to go on Disney plus. Uh, but it's not going to go on Netflix. And Netflix is not going to give its competitor money. It's, for shows that are built on intellectual property, it doesn't control. So th- yep. that, that model is over. And so these shows are over. And there is, if you're a fan of those shows, it's really sad. There's probably not a big chance that they will ever come back in any form elsewhere. It's not completely impossible, but there are several years where Netflix gets to sit on them and have them be exclusive on their service
0: yep season three of jessica jones is coming out soon uh that's gonna be lost and that's of it both of these yeah
1: apparently that one they knew enough about what was going on with all the other shows that that is um what i've heard is that 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 series ends with a um a more with some more finality uh mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling because i think they they had the heads up that mm-hmm. that this was going to be the the end
0: end of marvel on netflix um going back to Warner Media they did call out specifically that they would have some shows set within the DC universe um oh, as, yeah, as yeah. a thing for their future original content cuz that's something that they have at hand and if they do a good job of it they can really they could really make some cool stuff
1: yeah the real mystery is what this means for the DC universe service which is DC video content and movies and uh, comics my guess is that like hbo the warner streaming service will be a superset because I think that's another thing that Riley said is that, you know, HBO content will be in the in the Warner streaming service. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's unclear whether all of it will be or not. But I, I have a hard time believing that it won't be. You can get HBO for this low price. You can get DC Universe for this low price. And for this slightly larger price, you can get Warner s- streaming service with everything. But we'll see how they do it. Um, because... Uh, you know, why do you want to make DC shows for just this one niche streamer? It seems like that's that's a not a decision they would make today. They would they would say we don't need DC Universe streaming, and they may they may fold the whole thing up and put it inside at some point. Um, and their the plan is to get this out early, I think, sometime in 2020. But um, the content for this and the NBC Universal streaming service that's coming in 2020, it sounds like um, it's everything we talked about about Apple, which is it takes a long time. To make content and that that means that they're going to start with a small amount and then they're going to have to build it over time now they'll start with catalogs both of these because they have catalogs of content that they own unlike apple but you know it it takes a couple of years to roll out a full slate of shows for a streaming service and they're both um behind so it'll be a, a, a what he called it like a beta version in 2020 yeah. which is really like yeah it'll be uh, I think not. I th- don't think it'll necessarily be so much beta in terms of functionality as beta in terms of what's on it. Content, which <laughs> like, is old
0: stuff. Or some HBO that and some yeah.
1: some some DC and maybe like another couple of shows and a, and a catalog, and then we'll figure it out and uh, more shows next year.
0: All right, today's episode is brought to you in part by Instabug. You can go to instabug.com slash upgrade where you can sign up right now and store their SDK. If you do, you'll get a free Instabug t-shirt along with a 14-day free trial. Instabug is an SDK that takes complete care of your beta testing and user feedback process. This will allow you to debug, fix and improve your app faster and easier than ever before. It takes just a minute to install, giving you seamless two-way communication with users or testers. Your users will be able to shake their phone to send you feedback, with screenshots that can be annotated and a full log of touch events, so you can focus on exactly what's needed to fix the problem and so you can reproduce it as well. Instabug also features automatic crash reporting. Each crash is reported a complete stack trace and reproduction steps, helping you fully understand what happened and what went wrong. And all of your crash data can be viewed together in Instabug with charts, helping you get an overview of your performance at a glance. Instabug also features in-app chats, so you can easily communicate with your users to get more feedback if you want it, and let them know what's going on as well. You also have the ability to run user surveys too, so you can understand how people are feeling about the functionality of your application. You can integrate with all of your favorite third-party tools like Yura, Slack, Trello, GitHub, and more, so you and your team can have all of your work together in your favorite places. All of this takes just two lines of code to integrate into your application. Go right now to instabug.com upgrade to find out more. And as the special offer for listeners of this show, if you sign up and install the SDK, you will get yourself a free Instabug t-shirt along with a 14-day free trial. Once again, that is instabug, I-N-S- T-A-B-U-G dot com slash upgrade to sign up. Our thanks to Instabug for their support of this show and Relay FM. So it looks like that there's going to be an event, an Apple event on March 25th. Uh, This Uh news kind of rolled out slowly over the last week. It started with a report from John Paksowski of BuzzFeed. Um, Paksowski reported an upcoming event um, on March 25th at the Steve Jobs Theatre at Apple Park that would be focused on streaming, uh, well, on services, I should say, sorry, focused on services. Uh, and Paksowski spoke about pretty much primarily the news subscription service. Um, this happened just a couple of days after the uh, rumor that came out that Apple wanted to take a 50% cut for publishers who want to work with them on this service. Um, Jason, we've spoken about this news service. Uh, We've spoken about the hesitancy of news organizations wanting to work with Apple. Um, Now we maybe know a little bit more about why that is, right? Well, the
1: the 50-50 cut, um, which is rumored to be what they're doing is they want want 50-50, which seems to be maybe the deal that a lot of the magazines who are uh who are kind of desperate or taking because apple has obviously sold them on the idea that 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 this is going to be huge and there's going to be a lot of money and we're just going to be it's doesn't even matter that we're taking half of the money for your content because we're all going to be rolling in dough because everybody's going to pay money for this and um you know it's not ben ben thompson wrote a great piece about it on stratechery that basically if you're a premium uh subscription model company like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post, uh, this do- deal doesn't make sense. I don't think it makes sense at 30%. I don't think it makes sense at 15%, quite honestly. Um, but it it certainly doesn't make sense at 50% for them. But uh, if you're a, a smaller publisher and you're really desperate for more incremental revenue, um, maybe it works. I a, it, this report makes me think that it will be a, a work in progress when it launches, and that there will Apple's going to have to make some recalibrations. And I just I don't have I don't have a really good vibe about this service. I I remain open to the possibility that it will be good, but I'm skeptical because um, it seems like a bad deal for publishers, which means it's going to be a, a limited number of publishers. And maybe uh, I get I don't know. I just get the feeling that this may suggest that Apple has. An unrealistic opinion of what this is, that they think that they've solved it, and that a lot of their partners don't agree and are not willing to sign on to this. And without a good selection of partners, it's hard to sell something like this. You could throw it in a bundle, which is, I suspect, now what they're going to do, um, having, having gotten the Uh, you know, adding this to the list. And we talked about this, I think, last time that that makes me feel like the bundle is really going to happen. And if you bundle it with music and video, maybe that's part of the calculation there. Although what what is the bundle? (laughs) You know, it's 50 percent of whatever they assign the value of the news percentage of the bundle (laughs) at that point. I don't know. And then
0: also dependent on people actually reading your content. Right, because it seems like from the rumors exactly. that they're going to be paying out the money based on engagement in Apple News. Right. So you can go in on this, but you might not make anything.
1: It also means that um, if you are somebody who gets paid by readers to make content, your goal is to serve your readers. If you're somebody who gets paid by the number of pages viewed, guess what? It's clickbait time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, th- This is a model that unless they've come up with some very clever ways, which I doubt, um, to beat it, it it means that there'll be clickbait within Apple News because mm-hmm. you want to drive engagement with your story so you get a bigger percentage. And I don't think that's good.
0: You won't believe what happened next, Jason. You will not you believe. Won't believe
1: it. In, just check in Apple News and you'll find out. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I think what's interesting is that Pekowski's uh, story was followed up by by Gurman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Gurman said, mm, yeah, it's the Apple video launch and also yep. news will be there, which it makes much more sense, right? Oh, like yeah, I can't really imagine the tap dancing on stage. I felt like I was losing a, a my mind
0: event. a little bit because uh, Pekowski's source, he says in the article, like his source said... He had no details on whether the video service will yeah. be ava- will be shown
1: because his source is somebody in the, in a magazine somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> or
0: you know, it could that's be right. any it could be anything, right? Like it, it, we, we don't know. It probably I mean that's probably the case. But anyway, it's
1: really, it's somebody who's only been briefed about what they need to do to participate in the news part mm-hmm. of the event. Well, he did and
0: say that he he's he's claiming no hardware, no AirPods, and no iPads. That's so.
1: that's true. That's true. Although that seems very very separate and not not yep. surprising. That, that could
0: be a secondary thing. But he has
1: a separate separate hardware source that said that but
0: and so this led lots of people to believe that oh well there's not going to be a video service launch and and you know i'm sure i'm sure you agreed with me actually you did from reading your article um on six colors kind of your link to to uh point on this like his his report it seemed madness to me that you would have an event like this and not show off the streaming service stuff because that's the crown jewel, not this weirdo magazine service, right? Yeah, exactly. um, So, uh, Mark Gurman and Anusha uh, Sokoi of Bloomberg, uh, they had a report that Apple has invited many of the stars that they are working with to this event, as we have spoken about many times in the past, Mm -hmm. um, because they will indeed be showing the first information of the video service. Apparently, this list includes J.J. Abrams, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Garner. I I Saw on Variety as well that, that Variety saying that, that they have heard this will uh, include the first trailers or clips if there are any um, will be right. shown, um, but this is still like a summer to fall thing.
1: Yes, um, that is really that was really interesting, and I wonder. Uh, obviously, they're going to have footage to show, right? Like, I can't, I, I think it might even turn into something kind of like the upfronts, where it's literally Apple saying, here's what our lineup is, or it may be, here are, here are some samples of the shows we're doing with the people who are involved with them. In um, it wouldn't shock me if they even release pilots right or release a handful of things to people on Apple Music as a teaser for the whole thing that's coming in the fall yep. that that's a possibility yep. certainly trailers um but but the variety note is interesting in that it contradicts other reports that have said that they need that they told them that the service is launching in April, which what does that mean? What variety says is it's literally March, April, they're going to do a rollout, which may be this event, and then maybe they drop some sample episodes or something. But variety says the bulk of the content at least is going to launch summer or fall mm-hmm. of this year. Which is also a new a new thing that you
0: know from their sources. Both the Variety and the Bloomberg reports uh, mention multiple times again the idea that Apple will be selling other channel subscriptions through their service, like Amazon Prime does. So maybe that's what comes in in, April, in you know before the content right that like oh we're doing more with the tv app and now you'll be able to buy this channel and this channel and this channel uh, right within the tv app maybe that comes first we don't know but that you know that could be something that apple does if they don't have enough of their own content to put forward um the new service is stated uh, slated to be shipping uh, with ios 12.2 in the summer uh, yeah. maybe maybe some of this tv stuff comes with that at the same time. Who knows? This is going to be a real interesting draft. Yeah, you're right. The picks are going to be super weird, right? Like JJ Abrams appears. <laughs> Almost like an existential uh existential draft
1: of like what a, like imaginary weird Apple mm-hmm. event we haven't seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I think JJ Abrams JJ Abrams is an enormous Apple fan. So, I I think I can really see him like running up on stage and being like, I just am so excited to be at an Apple event kind of thing. Uh would not surprise me at all. But yeah, it yeah. that's a an event like no no other, Mike. And so that'll be interesting. Yeah.
0: Upgrade listeners. Let's see if we can do you the service that we train and help you out with sometimes. This is probably gonna be a really boring Apple event. Right? Like there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of celebrities come out. Remember when Drake came out? Right, imagine that five (laughs) times in a row, because that's what this one's going to be like. You know, a bunch of stars are going to come out, or directors are going to come out, and they're going to talk about their shows. Like, you're not gonna get anything exciting they're not gonna sneak a one last thing new ipad in there on you they're not doing that right like here's someone from the wall street journal probably not the wall street journal but like here's someone from vogue here's jj abrams and here's eddie q to talk about it all right like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a slog this one i think so just Mm. bear that in mind
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow, you mentioned Drake. I can't believe you mentioned Drake. That's,
0: but, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal, brutal, the brutal. the analog, right? That's the closest analog. Yep. They brought Drake out to talk about. I don't even know what he was talking about because, yeah. like, it wasn't they, he didn't have anything specific with them. Um, and and so I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a very kind of regular press event. Typically, the type of thing that we don't see from Apple, right? But like, you'll get a lot of companies do these types of things. You mentioned the upfronts. If you don't know what they are, this is when um, a bunch of uh, media agencies and advertising agencies will come together in rooms and then the media agencies say, well, here's our new shows. There they are a podcast up fronts, There are TV up fronts, Here's yeah. our slate of content coming out this year with the proviso that you'll hopefully want to buy it. Yeah, the president
1: um, of NBC goes out on stage and lists all the shows that are coming in the fall yeah. and
0: say, now you want to buy ads on all of these. And, and yeah. it's going to be like that. Yeah. And whilst they're not Apple, Apple kind of spinning it in a slightly different way, and just saying like, "Hey, press here's our new shows, and maybe you want to buy all of these, and as in buy into all of these, and it's going to be a very, I reckon, a very, very, very different guest list to normal. A um, lot more entertainment journalists, right? Would would be your expectation? Um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one for us. I don't know if the Apple fan base at large is going to have a lot of warm words to say about this event I feel Uh, people will be sitting down to expect one thing and they're probably going to get another
1: We'll see. It's just a different thing, right? And yeah. and I, I should say, as the specter of Drake hovers over us both, uh, this is what the event should be, right? Like, it's not an Apple... This is no
0: criticism from me. Like This is 100% what it has to be. Bringing the celebrities is really important.
1: I'm still surprised that they're doing it in Cupertino and not doing it in LA. Like, I, I, I felt like they'd really want to mm-hmm. glitz it up, but maybe they feel like the... The stamp of the big fancy theater in Cupertino is a better way to do it. But I'm a little surprised that they didn't do this as like a, you know, full on Apple embraces Hollywood kind of thing. But maybe they were uncomfortable with that. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe,
0: maybe, as you say, they're trying to add a bit of importance to it. Only iPhones have been introduced, right? Like, at the Steve Jobs Theater, that's what it's been used for so far, is September iPhone keynotes. I don't think it's been used for anything else. So, like, oh, look how special. Come out to our beautiful yeah. spaceship, and we'll treat you real nice for oh, the yeah, day. Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: That's true. They could they could treat them, treat them really good. I um I guess we will all have to choose whether uh, we want to draft. J.J. J. Abrams comes out wearing a vintage Apple jacket. I That's think genuinely we
0: have to, <laughs> we're going to have to think about going a little bit esoteric with this one because mm-hmm. uh, yep. I, I think it's going to be a t- there's not going to be a ton of stuff and we also know a lot more than we typically right. would know. Um, so this this draft's going to be a really fun one to put together. I think it's going to that'll be that'll be a lot that'll be wild. So it'll be towards the yeah. end of March. So we'll probably know here within the next two or three weeks. I reckon if this things if this thing is going down when the reports yep. say it suggested it is. All right, let's take a second break and thank our friends over at FreshBooks for their support of this show. Everyone loves to save time, but this is especially important when you're a freelancer and our friends at FreshBooks can save you hundreds of hours with their wonderful cloud accounting software that is perfect for freelancers for self-employed people if you ever send invoices you should be checking out fresh they drastically simplify the time that it takes for you to get your paperwork done not only when you're creating the invoices and getting them sent out because their system's so easy to use but then also in the administration afterwards so you will be able to very easily see when your client has received an, invo- an invoice you don't have to chase them down to make sure that it's in their inbox you can very quickly and easily check how late an invoice is or when it's going to be paid that your, you're, you're, the people that you're sending it to can pay you super easily because Freshbooks integrated a bunch of different great solutions in there, including their own payment system, which is super easy to use and set up. Um, they have a projects feature. So if you want to share files and share messages with your clients or your employees or contractors that you're working with, you can do that all in FreshBooks as well. So you can have all of that stuff in the same place. Saves you going from here to here to here to get everything done. FreshBooks is absolutely amazing. I use it every week to send out our invoices. We use it for all of our expenses tracking at RelayFM. Like it is a very, very important part of the way that we do business. Like They are a sponsor of this show but I personally recommend them to anybody uh, that, that wants this type of thing in their life, that needs to be able to send invoices or track time, track expenses. Like It is absolutely fantastic. If you have yet to try it out, they're offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of Upgrade with no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash upgrade and enter Upgrade in the How Did You Hear About Us section and you can get that 30-day free trial. There's a freshbooks.com slash upgrade our thanks to Freshbooks for their continued support of this show and relay fm friend of the show ming chi roger quo as we call him
1: <laughs> roger codename roger
0: codename roger not uh, ming- his actual name we not just his actual, actual name that. not his actual name this disc stems from a few new listeners stems from a time when for some reason jason randomly called ming chi Quo roger
1: because i went to college with Friends, a guy that was it. a guy yeah a guy named roger quo yeah mm-hmm. i don't know my brains are weird what can i say
0: so uh, Quo dropped to just Roger, Roger, the word
1: you're looking for is Roger. Roger. Okay,
0: go ahead. Dropped an absolute bombshell of a report uh yep. on, on everybody yesterday and there's a lot of stuff here. There it's it's kind of unclear at some points as these things tend to be, because Quo is is, a, is an analyst, um how much he knows, how much he is expecting, uh but this list rings true to what I would expect to see over Apple over the next year. So let's go through some of this, and we'll stop and talk about some parts along the way. So some details about the current, uh, well, the current upcoming, I should say, 2019 iPhones. Uh, Sizes and kind of basic specs remaining, as you would expect. They're not going to change any of the sizes of the phones. They're going to keep lightning ports. They're not going to go to USB-C. The Qi charging will go bilateral, which means the iPhones can charge stuff as well as getting charged by Qi. Mm-hmm. So your AirPods, for example, if your AirPods got a wireless charging case, then you will be able to charge those with your iPhone, which I think will be a really, really wonderful feature. Um, yeah. But I bet will make the cost of replacing that back glass even more expensive than it currently is. Probably. Um, the, and talking about that, the glass will be frosted on the new iPhones so that would give it a slightly different look I'm intrigued to see what that ends up looking like if it maybe means some different color changes to make that that show through but that could that's a different look um, an interesting look uh, we'll see it, the um, The pixel line is glass and has this weird texture to it, it makes it look very different so hmm. it might be nicer to hold might be more grippy we'll see um, upgraded face ID a bunch of new internals in face ID may, hopefully making it faster maybe making it work from further distances we'll see Bigger batteries. That would be nice, wouldn't it, Jason? Just a bigger battery if you can fit them in there?
1: Sure, always. That's part of the constant Apple quest and, and mm-hmm. of trade-offs is um, size and thickness, but also uh, battery and capacity and trying to extend the life. So yeah, that would be nice.
0: Always. And Quo also rec- uh, kind of echoes the rumor of triple cameras, but does not say where the, we will see those. Like if it's going to be mm. one phone, all the phones. But that's kind of the, the information Quo has given us about the iPhones. This all seems pretty logical to me i like the bilateral charging i think maybe the most out of all of that
1: it's not a huge update cycle and people will probably howl uh constantly between now and when they're released and after they're released about the fact that iphone sales are flat and this year's models are not going to necessarily be an enormous uh change it's also not surprising and not new Mm -hmm. um this is sort of you know, it takes Apple a long time to make changes in their planned iPhones, and these iPhones were already on the way. So these are the kind of logical, not super exciting, but, you know, continuing to be available uh, versions of what we got this year, or last year. You know, it's the ne- it's next
0: year's half step kind of yep. thing. Uh, this is a surprise to me. Upgraded processors with two new iPad Pro models. That is Seems strange. Seems different, right? To take the current iPad Pros, put new processors in them. Apple hasn't done that for the iPad Pro line. They've waited, right? Until they've been able to make bigger changes to the to the models. Um, that would be it's interesting. I'm keen to understand why that would be so needed and if that's all that there really would be for them.
1: Yeah, Um. I guess it's them treating them more like laptops. I guess. Uh, I... I wonder if there's more here in terms of things they're doing for uh, new versions of iOS or something like that, yeah. where they want to put different hardware in there. But it does seem a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to complain about a new iPad Pro model in 2019, mm-hmm. but I I really didn't think that they would bother doing a yearly cycle for them. So um, that was a surprise. Here's
0: something that, that like I'm trying to work. I've been trying to think through this. So the uh, smart HDR, right? That required the most recent chip. And so, both, you know, so the devices could do it. So there might just be some software thing that requires these new chips. And it might be a, an interesting part of the new iPhones that gets added to iOS. So maybe they decide to put it in the iPad Pros as well. I don't know. But that's the only thing I can think of if that's all they're going to do, right? That there might be something that is going to be a cool feature and they would like it to be on the iPads as well, but they need the new processors in them. Because, you know, these iPad Pros are so powerful. It's not like I don't think we're going to need a speed bump. That seems unlikely. But again, we don't know what iOS 13 is going to bring in general.
1: Yeah, right, right. And there may be something like that is not part of Quo's sources that uh, are like explanations why they're doing yep. this. But it may just be that they just decided, why don't we keep cycling that processor every year as we cycle it for the iPhone and just keep them on the same
0: page? I don't know. Sticking on the iPad train, uh, a 10.2-inch version of the base iPad, so taking the current uh, kind of regular iPad and taking it from 9.7 inches to 10.2, so making the bezel smaller, um, plus a right. new iPad mini, which Quo states of just having a new processor. Um, I expect to see the iPad mini with a with a new processor. He also mentions the, the iPod Touch kind of getting the same treatment. <laughs> um, th- this feels like, potentially, uh, that the processes that are currently in these devices won't be supported anymore and yeah. if they want to keep selling them yep they have to update yep. that's, them
1: that's that's this is the thing that um, we talked about with the macbook air at some point too which is like at some point you can't keep making that thing like you can't you just can't it, it's too old and you can't move ahead with your product line and sell a product that doesn't work with your product line so um, it is the uh, I'm fascinated by it because there's just the basic idea that um, we have to make a decision about this product that we kind of don't care about. And the easy decision is to stop selling it. But there's somebody inside Apple who's like, wait, no, don't. You've got to keep selling it for some reason. You're like, all right. Okay, fine. We'll just put another processor in it and put it back out there. Um which is a little bit like the Mac Mini story, right? <laughs> which is mm-hmm. like it's you you need to do something. What are you gonna do? And they're like, alright, we'll do it, and then we're gonna let it sit there again for five more years.
0: Then the really big story, the wild story, is a 16-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> so I think the easiest thing to assume here is we're talking a 15-inch MacBook Pro with thinner bezels, right? To give it a bigger screen, as opposed to a brand new form factor.
1: Yeah, I I so what he says is it's a a redesigned. Yeah. He yeah. says redesigned and I take that to believe that maybe this is the first in what will be a, a series of replacements for the existing MacBook Pro line. That yeah. this is the next uh generation of MacBook Pro and it's yeah. starting with this model. Now, then maybe that's wishful thinking, but that's my that's my hope. Is that that's what it is? Yeah, no, I I agree. I think the fifteen inch is a real is a real question, right? Which is we know that Apple has had success in just pushing the bezels in, right? Like to or I mean, I guess out, Out, but making them making them super thin. Mm -hmm. And that's a trend in the laptop world in general, PC laptops as well. So when we say sixteen or or I think he said sixteen or sixteen plus inch yeah
0: somewhere between i think somewhere between 16 and 16.5 is the yeah i
1: my gut feeling is that ultimately this is the replacement for the 15 inch macbook pro but what it is is um thinner bezels and maybe a wider maybe the 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 laptop gets a little wider but you know they will make some claim about it being thinner or lighter or better by volume Or whatever it is, right? But I I don't think what what we used to think of as the step from the 13 to the 15 to the 17, which was an enormous distance in size, I don't think that's the kind of size difference you would get from this one. That's my gut feeling is that this isn't like the new lunch tray um, 17-inch laptop that what they're trying to do is create a 15-inch model, a mega 15-inch model with more screen space without it being enormous and that that in the end yeah in the end maybe the product line is the 16-inch macbook pro a 14-inch macbook pro instead of uh you know what we have now with the two 13-inch models and then you have the 13-inch air and the 12-inch macbook maybe that's maybe that's where they're headed
0: i mean that would make a lot more sense right that would start to differentiate the whole lineup again yeah. uh in well, in like, a, like in the a iPads clean, right key number. yeah just like the iPads like the
1: iPads your pro models have bigger screens and yep. some fancier tech and they're up at the up at the high end and those small bezels like it, it it is it starts whether it's the right story is an open question but it starts to sound like an interesting parallel to what they've done with the iPad to differentiate them which is they've got the technology now to really slim down those bezels and um and use that space for screen, mm-hmm. and uh, that and that means that they make a choice: Do I want to make the laptop smaller, or do I want to make the screen bigger? And for a pro, given what they've talked about about the pro users on the Mac, for a pro laptop, um, why would you not on the big pro laptop? Why would you not give those people more screen space? Like they they value more screen space. So um, it it kind of follows. I think it's I think it's really interesting. Um, since this is something that nobody has talked about before, to my knowledge, this is a new one, um, and it opens because he says new design. It really does open the question of like, do we get Face ID uh, for once? Because you got to fit all those mm. sensors into that into that smaller bezel, yeah, little hatch yeah. thing. But they, but the you know the iPad has it, but the iPad is thicker than the screen part the screen of a MacBook. Yeah. But they could, or could they? They could do it with a combination of, of different sensors and and uh, and machine learning. They could put that sensor. They could shoot up from by the keyboard and shoot up into your face from there to look at you. I mean, I don't know. There's stuff they could do with optics and like sensors in different places. There, I, I want to be open to that. But and then the big one, of course, is they could rethink the keyboard.
0: They could. I think they probably would. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what a fully new design. Like so, here's my thing. If you put these, two, if you put this laptop next to a 15 inch current MacBook Pro, would you would you see how much difference would you see? That's what I really wonder because, like, I feel like laptop design has been is a solved thing now. Like they look how they look, and and I would be super intrigued to see what a new design looks like. Like, w- what could they do that that I'm not seeing, or will it mean, or does new design mean? it has a bigger screen and we've re-engineered it in these certain ways to make x y and z better right like a fully new design could mean we had to go back to the beginning to make the keyboard work and keep it thin you know
1: well, i it could it could my guess is that um and this is just a guess is that it'll look more like the ipad pro which it Ooh, already kind of does, yeah. But more like that, more more uh, less rounded corners. Um, I'll try to edges. make it thinner, Again, more, but more yeah. more of those, yeah, more of those right angles and uh, and a little less of the curves. But that's just a guess that. Uh, again, I'm trying to place that iPad Pro parallel and think, I always feel like Apple is always striving to have their whole product line kind of work in harmony, yeah. and it doesn't uh, because that's it's very, very, very hard to do that. And like the iPhone, for example, he doesn't say in this, the iPhones are going to look different and they're going to look more like the iPad Pro, which is something people have, have commented on. Is like, those iPad Pros look great. What if the iPhone looked like that? And, uh, you know, Quo says no. <laughs> he says that's not going to happen. Um, I almost called him Roger again. It's fine. Codename Roger. Uh, but uh, I think they try, right? I think they try to have harmony between their products. They want, Apple really wants Apple products to feel of a kind, which is a challenge when you have two completely different operating systems, which is why they're also pushing the operating systems closer together. So that if they do a hardware redesign here, it might only be um, internal stuff like keyboards and all of that. But I think they might take the opportunity to, Take whatever this design language is that they used in the iPad Pro, and also apply it to this. The, the, you know the normally I would say what what's their most recently released laptop and what does that tell us about where they're going with with laptop design but what it tells us is nothing because it's a retro design it's literally just the macbook air design updated so it tells us nothing so we're left we're left just guessing until they release one of these things and then with this one we will read the tea leaves and say oh this is going to be what all the future laptops look like but i think i you know the chances are good here based on what quo is saying that um that this is going to be that laptop where it's the model of and all the rest of them will follow it
0: for the next three years or whatever. Allow me to start the speculation train, Jason. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, we put, I'll put some
1: fire in the engine, some yep. coal in the in the engine of the of the locomotive. The the speculation train is now rolling down the track, Mike.
0: Intel, on?
1: Oh boy, yeah, uh, Intel. Intel, yeah, I, I think arm transition is going to happen, but boy, I think putting it at the pro line seems be like surprised. a mistake. I'd be surprised, I would but I just wanted surprised. to say it.
0: You know, I just wanted to say it because it's, it's a thing, right? Like it is a thing that is, it's floating out there. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know when it's going to happen. But you know, like we would expect this product mm. will probably not replace the 15 inch. For a while, it will probably be too expensive and it will sit alongside it. So I thought, you know okay. you never know. Okay,
1: so here, here. I'll I'll throw something in. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna do the most wild speculation of all, which is it's gonna have an ARM processor in it. Because the T two is in most of the new Macs now. All the all the new Macs now. Um what if it has an ARM processor that's more like an iPhone or iPad processor in right. addition to Intel? Yep. And you have the ability to target software to it. Yes. Because we're entering marzipan land. And also these are used by developers and they're iOS developers. So having it run on the actual hardware is kind of an interesting idea.
0: Maybe this is the machine that if you want to do this type of development, this is the one that you, you should be buying.
1: And I'll, I'll just throw on top of that, at that point, if you're going to be... Because again, wild speculation, wild speculation. Why would that new nice screen not be a touch screen? oh oh, damn (laughs) i'm an ios developer i am developing touch software uh i want to run it on my screen maybe i want to touch interact with it as it's supposed to be interacted with jason what if
0: that new design? let's start
1: a rumor let's start a rumor right (laughs) now
0: let's do it what if jason that new design includes a hinge that allows you to flip the screen all the way around to the back jason
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't... Th- uh, okay, you lost me. You lost me. Now we now we really are in Fantasyland. It, it would be just increasingly bizarre. The train is so far off the rails now, Mike. It's off the rails. It's in the canyon.
0: Disclaimer, these are not our official predictions. Merely <laughs> oh, God, wild no. speculation. No.
1: no, but I do... I mean, I think if I'm... Uh, we, we are only able to view what Apple is doing from the outside, obviously. They're the ones who know what their strategy ultimately is with macOS and iOS and where they're taking all this. Mm-hmm. But if the speculation is right about like more iOS apps on the Mac and bringing them much closer together in terms of their interfaces and in terms of their app platform, and touch is such a big part of mobile, and Apple has not done touch on laptops for reasons involving Mac OS's suitability to it, but now we're bringing in all these apps from iOS, I I keep asking the question, like I don't know whether that's a good idea or not, but I would imagine that if you're somebody inside Apple talking about the future of the MacBook Pro and your audience, a huge part of your audience is graphic designers and, uh, and iOS developers, that having touch for an apple pencil um, for uh, marzipan apps or just in xcode for doing app testing and previewing on your laptop is i mean it's worth asking the question if and everybody freaks out when you talk about Macs. people who who have really believed everything apple has said about it's a bad experience zombie arms all of those things the fact is you know, it's not a primary interaction method. It's not. Even on the laptops that have touchscreens, people don't spend all their time with the zombie arms up touching the screen. But as an extra thing, it has applications. And so I think it's, I, I just want to put it out there because I, I think I would be surprised if Apple never adds touch support to the displays on Macs. I would be surprised, but um, but they might not. Anyway, I thought I think it's worth worth going down that road of like what other iOS tech could they put into these things and Apple Pencil support is one of them. Touch support is one of them. ARM processors that can actually run software, <laughs> uh, like run apps is one of them. And uh, that would also create a transitional developer machine if the platform is going to ARM. Right?
0: You expect at some point, some or all of these things are going to happen. Uh this could be the beginning of some of it right that's that's the thinking thirty one inch six k external display
1: <laughs> i i I saw this, and I was like, sure why not six six k actually we've heard a lot from people and on other podcasts about how the five k that like we use in our imax and then Apple has talked up is not really a thing. In the broader computer industry, like five K displays are, are not really uh what people are doing. They are they are pushing further out into like eight mm-hmm. K displays and all that. So the idea of a thirty-one inch, six K display um is I, I, I could see that. Like why why stop at five when you can have six? Why stop at twenty seven when you can have thirty-one inches of display? Especially if the bezels are really small, as opposed to like our
0: iMacs, which have huge bezels. I mean, it's quite a jump from we don't make monitors anymore, isn't it? <laughs> to, we don't make them anymore. Oh, by the way, here's a 31-inch 6K. Here's the best monitor of all time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mini LED backlight design. I don't know what that means. I'm going to wait for John Seacruza to tell me in a bit more detail. Yeah.
1: It's a different kind of LED backlighting that's supposed to be better. That's That seems to be what it is. So, With, I don't know. quote,
0: outstanding picture quality.
1: Of course. Of course. I'm sure it will have all the colors. It will literally run the gamut. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, see what I did there anyway yeah all the colors
0: Here's what i think i think june wwdc we get the laptop and the monitor and then they say here's what the mac pro looks like and it will be out later this year that's what i think we're going to get
1: yeah yeah i think that's i think that's about right that that's that's going to be some one of us will get to draft that but but uh that's my gut feeling is that they yeah. will mention the mac pro and and do like they did uh with the iMac pro they will and unveil the it
0: pro. the trash can they did they did it for both of them
1: oh yeah yeah, so you you can see it, mm-hmm. and then it'll be available later. But
0: the monitor could come out now. But so the re- one of the reasons I think that is just based upon the information that Quo gave. Like it's he he references the Mac Pro, but doesn't really say anything new about it, which makes me think that the MacBook Pro and the external display are closer to production because everybody knows that Ming-Chi Quo's sources come from the production line um, and the suppliers. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe maybe these two products, which are new products, right? Nobody has spoken about either of these two things at all mm-hmm. anywhere before now. Um, yep. So, you know, if Quo's on the money, which a lot of the time he is, uh, it would make, make, I guess, make you think that these things are closer maybe than the Mac Pro is. Um, so, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, last couple of little parts, a new ceramic casing for the Apple Watch and uh, ECG to roll out to more countries um airpods too will have wireless charging case and upgraded bluetooth connectivity so i guess maybe the, the bluetooth stuff will be better in some way and obviously it needs the wireless charging case if the phone can charge them um and believe it or not i don't but believe it or not <laughs> air power to ship during the first half of 2019 believe it or not indeed i think it's going to happen I, I think it sounds
1: like you know it's not the air power that they announced obviously like that's that's the truth of it is that this is almost certainly a completely different product that they've engineered because they had to go back to the drawing board Mm. and i've heard there was a story about how it's going to be like way thicker than they showed Mm. and uh and stuff like that but it sounds like it's it's in the works and uh air power and the airpods too and i've heard you know i heard from somebody in in uh in uh I'll, i'll say a position close to retail that uh that the AirPods are, are becoming kind of hard to come by in the in
0: the product chain, in the supply yeah, chain. Yeah, I've seen people talking about that, that like they're out stock a lot more frequently now.
1: Yeah, which makes, I am skeptical that what this means is that they are, they have ceased production of the old AirPods and have begun making the new AirPods. And it may be that the, the way this works is... Um, it just stock is reduced. So if you run out, you can't get more from the factory. So instead, they kind of like take it out of wherever there is stock and they move it around. So it may not be imminent, but um, it feels like the, the AirPods are coming sooner rather than later because they're having all of these issues with um, with keeping them in stock. That's not a run on AirPods. It is that they may be preparing to turn it over and sell AirPods number two instead.
0: So, uh, Roger, Roger. Thank you, Ming Min Chi Kuo, Thank you, Ming Chi Kuo. There's Oof. a lot to go on there, and uh, I'm 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 really intrigued to think more um, and hear more people talk about this MacBook Pro. I
1: like, like Mac rumors. This is like, is it not I iPhones, yeah, they'll be new. iPads, yeah, they'll be an, they'll be upgrades. Uh oh, now let me tell you about all the new Macs and external devices
0: and stuff. Like, yeah. okay,
1: cool, that's cool, yeah.
0: I am still most interested though in learning more about the Mac Pro. I think that that is the, sure. the most likely product in my future. Um, mm. you know I, I would I would really like a Mac Pro that I could assume I could keep for 10 years and keep upgrading. Uh, that that's that's what I I'm I'm, I'm on my uh, 2015 Retina iMac at the moment. No desire to change it. This machine is brilliant. Like I, I, I don't feel the requirement to get an i uh, 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 iMac Pro. Doesn't I don't need it. But I, I'd like the idea of a of a Mac that I could just just beef up and leave for a long time, but the proviso that I could then change graphics cards and change RAM more easily in the future. Right. So like, I buy a ten year Mac instead of a three year Mac. You know. So I've got my eye on that. Uh, but it might be more than I need. Probably is more than I need, but we won't know until we see it. Yeah, yeah, this year. This year. This year. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by Luna Display. Our friends over at Luna Display are helping many of us, and hopefully helping some of you and can help some of you save money and improve your workflow. We're talking about these external displays, right? Everybody loves displays. Your iPad has a great display, a beautiful retina display. Wouldn't it be lovely if you could use it as an external display for your Mac? Well, you can. With Lunar Display, you don't need to spend a fortune on extra screens for your Mac because you have one right there that you can use. Lunar Display will let you, by just plugging in a tiny dongle into the back of your Mac, connect over Wi-Fi or USB for more screen real estate by employing your iPad and giving it that job to do. You can have multiple screens without needing to spend the money on new screens. It's even... Better when you travel as well. If you travel with a laptop and an iPad, because that's just your usual travel kit. That's that's my travel kit a lot of the time. I can use Lunar Display to have a second display and more space Uh, when I'm working on my uh, laptop, which has a much smaller screen than my iMac. So it's nice to have that extended uh, screen real estate. Or you can do like what I do. You know, I have a Mac Mini sitting here uh, and I use Lunar Display to connect to my Mac Mini. My Mac Mini runs without a display attached to it. And I can have uh, Mac OS as like an app on my iPad, which is a wonderful experience for me that I enjoy greatly. And it allows me to to easily tackle some of the things that the iPad falls down on. Uh, So I really, really have absolutely... Love my lunar display. It's totally changed yeah. a lot of my workflows, like genuinely. Um, when, when I got it, I thought, oh, this will be a nice thing to have, um, but it has ended up becoming an essential part uh, of a lot of the work that I've been doing recently. So I'm a big, 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 big fan of it. Um, don't just take my word for it. TechCrunch, for example, said that the visual fidelity is frankly stunning, which it is. They actually just made it better. They they did some upgrades to their engine recently and and they've made it even better than ever before. It runs so much smoother. Uh, Yeah, just trust me. Go get one of these things. Go to lunardisplay.com, L U N A D I S P L A Y.com, and enter the promo code upgrade at checkout, and you'll get 10% off a lunar display. So that is lunardisplay.com, promo code upgrade at checkout. Um, it is handy, it's smart, and it will save you money on extra screens. Uh, one last time, lunardisplay.com, promo code upgrade for that 10% off. Thanks to Lunar Display for their support of this show and FM. The Lunar Display does make me have
1: uh, moments where I think I understand why Apple is hesitant you, you would need to make some changes to how mac os works for it to make sense as a touchscreen right yeah. like if you really wanted to interact with all parts of
0: it well i use my apple pencil that's that's how i do it that's true good point like it, it, it's it's trickier with with the i mean it works the touch works but the apple pencil makes it just like a cursor and it's perfect so like that that's how i've been using it yeah um, And I, I like using it that way jason should we do some hashtag ask upgrade
1: yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Is this a, uh, this is a, uh, we didn't, unfortunately, uh, events continue to occur. So we haven't had a chance to do
0: our mega Ask Upgrade episode, but no. we, we can clear out a bunch today, I think. We I most think we certainly can. can. Our first question comes from Frank today. Frank says, in regards to the rumors of a fifty percent commission on Apple News subscription revenue, which we spoke about earlier in the show, what if the rumors were leaked strategically to manage expectations? Remember how relieved we all felt in two thousand and ten when the first iPad started at five hundred dollars instead of the rumored one thousand? What do you think about that?
1: I think it's I think it's somebody leaking that information strategically. I I think this is um negotiating negotiating in the press i um my guess is that there's somebody who's so outraged by the 50 percent that uh, apple wants to charge somebody probably for a newspaper that they leaked it because they want um they want apple to look bad mm-hmm. and um you know it's possible that it's apple playing a game where they you know set a high number and then they change but i i I doubt it. I think it's more likely that it's somebody who's kind of outraged and is hoping that Apple will uh, be this will put more pressure on Apple from other publishers to not make a deal with them so that they back down and they change their uh, their percent commission. But it does definitely feel like like uh, I said, one of the last times we talked about rumors uh, like six months ago, um, always ask yourself why it got leaked. Always ask yourself, why did this information come out? And for something like ming Shi Kuo, it's people in his production. He's got sources in the production line, and he's reporting on the supply chain, and he's saying which companies are building what, and the people there are motivated probably by just, um, well, possibly by money, and if not that, then they, are, they like that they're feeding uh, this analyst, that information. But uh, for something like this, I think it's very clearly motivated by something that caused this to leak. And my beyond just, oh, I know a I know a percentage number. It feels more like it probably was tactical of uh, this is ridiculous. Let's leak this to the press and uh, Apple will get roasted. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree
0: with you. It, you know, yeah. Like the, Apple, I feel probably do strategic leaking from time to time, but this wouldn't be one of the things that they would care like the care to tell the public about this is not general public information
1: this is why would you leak to the public a 50 percent number and then go back to the people you've been negotiating with for the last six months and say okay we'll make it 30 percent now that it's leaked that doesn't make any sense so yeah that's right the audience here isn't really the public because it's the people they're negotiating with so i think it's far more likely that this is um the negotiations on the other side where they're saying um this is outrageous. I'm going to shame you in public, and then maybe you'll get the get the word from everybody that everybody thinks that you're you know this is ridiculous. I'm not saying it'll work, but that feels more what it is is somebody who's frustrated that Apple is sticking to this number that is um, bananas. Like it's just I, I can't I can't believe it. I mean, I kind of believe it because it's Apple, but um, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, and I wouldn't take that deal for you know if I was again. Maybe there's some businesses that it makes sense for but i have a hard time conceiving of what those
0: would be so our next question comes from eric eric says with the other category being renamed to wearables home and accessories what is a new product in that area that you think could be profitable for apple like with their privacy stance eric would love to see home cameras or security systems are there any areas that you think apple is likely to move into when it comes to home technology
1: i would say right now no um Apple seems to have decided they're just not going to bother making smart home products. Um, I think what, I mean, what do they make? They make, uh, the HomePod. they make the home pod and they make a uh, Beddit, right. The sleep sensor, which they bought <laughs> yeah. and they still sell. And oh, yeah. I have one. One of these days I'm going to write about it. Um, it, 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 but it's a weird thing. And, and, and like, why is that product there? And I think it's to feed home kit data and because they, they wanted it. But my, my bigger, my overarching question here is I'm a little bit mystified why Apple has decided they're just not going to bother competing and they're going to let Google. I mean, you look at the Eero acquisition by Amazon, mm-hmm. like, you're letting other tech giants build infrastructure in smart home tech and you just don't you just don't care. Like, you got out of the Wi-Fi. um, They're in the, the, with the HomePod and that's about it. It, it, on one level, it allows them to say, we just want everybody to use HomeKit and then it'll all work and it'll be great. But on another level, I think you're letting your competitors buy out everything and Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not going to choose to compete. And when Amazon owns zero, I, I do have that moment where I think, if I were at Apple, I would be like, wait, everything that happens on a network is going to be seen by our competitors, potentially. Like, why would we not want to... Why did we stop making airport? Why did we not make our own mesh networking where we guarantee that your data is secure? We live in an era where our competitors... Are uh, it, it, the people who are using Wi-Fi are often using it from either their cable company or they're using it from like Google or Amazon now? Why would we not want to do it? But they obviously made a decision. They can reverse themselves. They've done it in the past to just say, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna bother unless it can be an enormous hit or as an accessory to one of our enormous hits. We're just gonna walk away. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Um, I don't, I don't think I agree with that approach. I feel like it would be more Apple like for them to make these products. But at the same time, I'm really sensitive to the fact that um, it really seems like Apple can't even reliably update and develop the products that it, it has. That the way that company works, their attention is has to be focused on a very small number of things. And maybe somebody inside Apple said, you know what? We could, we could build Wi-Fi routers or a smart thermostat or whatever, but it's going to be a super like distraction for us. And we don't need that kind of distraction. Um, I just, for a company their size with the money they've got, I'm I'm a little surprised that they just haven't built a smart home division mm-hmm. and put everything inside of it and uh, let let their speakers and uh, thermostat and Wi-Fi and all sorts of other stuff like that go in there and let them compete. But um, but it is possible that they've just decided philosophically they'd rather get everybody to use HomeKit, and then you can use anybody's stuff with Apple stuff. the 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 Wi Fi is the one that gets me though, that because that like Eero being bought really made me think, hmm, hmm Apple, maybe you should have not punted on on Wi Fi after all
0: because it's a market, right? It's a market. People want the products. It's, a, it's right, a thing. And, you,
1: and and that and your competitors are are the among the leading manufacturers of that stuff.
0: It was reported over the weekend by CNBC um, that Apple hired a guy by the name, Sam Jadala, who used to work on Microsoft, then started a company called Otto, which ended up not working out. Um, it was like a, a smart lock. And CNBC is reporting that Jadala is going to be revamping the smart home business, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Could be, be Apple-branded products, could be different stuff for HomeKit, we don't know. But they did hire somebody... Who has experience making smart home hardware? Interesting, so, interesting. We'll, well,
1: if I, 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 um, I don't know the details of all of Apple's business and, and their and their culture on the inside, but I will say it feels like a missed opportunity for Apple not to play in some of these smart home spaces and not to have maybe bought up some of these smart home companies that are now going to be guided by their you know competitors in uh, among giant tech companies.
0: Aaron asks, I have a mid-2011 iMac and I'm considering a new Mac Mini. My understanding is that with the right adapters, I can use target display mode to just display the Mini to the iMac. Is this a viable long-term solution or should I buy a new monitor?
1: I I mean, it depends on your feelings about Retina is what it comes down to to me, which is if you've got an iMac that supports target display, it's not a Retina iMac, um, which means you've got an iMac running in target display mode. Um with a new Mac mini that's capable of retina and the iMac can't display retina. And so you're going to get, uh, you know, a nice picture, but it's going to be a low resolution picture. I don't consider that a long-term solution, but maybe you don't care. I would buy a new monitor because at this point I, I don't want to use a Mac without a retina display. But, um, but if you want to save money and don't care about retina, then, It's viable. I think I have not used an iMac in target display mode for any length of time at all. So I can't say just how annoying it would be over time to have to be putting it in target display mode and all of that, Um, because it is a computer and you have to put it in target display mode. But um, so I would say in the end, I'm, I'm skeptical of its ability to be a long term solution. It's a solution, but because of the fiddly nature of it being an iMac in target mode and not Retina I wouldn't consider it personally a long-term solution.
0: Stephen asks, do you think that Apple's new subscription news service will be limited to existing Apple news countries, currently the USA, the UK, Australia, and I think Canada is either just launched or just about to, um, or do you think it's going to roll out more broadly than that?
1: Apple News is so slow to roll out that I think it's going to be limited. I think I think it'll be limited. It may be even USA only at launch. I know they're going into Canada. Finally, they announced they're going into Canada, and they, the wait there was that they wanted to go into Canada multilingual, so that they have French and English versions. Um, you know, every you go to Europe, you got to make a deal with European publishers. You go to Asia, you got to make a deal with Asian publishers.
0: I think this is more likely to make it worse rather than better.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my, my gut feeling is that it's probably a US only rollout, maybe US and UK. But uh, like, they're they're still struggling to negotiate with the US. And then when, once they're done with that, yeah, then they'll have to go to the UK and negotiate there. And when they're done with that, they'll have to go to Germany and negotiate there. And like, that's what they're gonna have to do. And that's, um, that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't envy them they have to make a deal with every single, you know, they have to approach every single publisher and talk to them one-on-one and have those arguments about 50%, are you crazy? And like every time, I I don't want to be that person. I I feel for that person who has to get yelled at about what Apple's terms are. So uh, I think it's going to be a slow rollout. And I think, like I said earlier, I think it's also going to be something where the product is not quite fully formed at launch and that they uh, continue to tweak it. Uh, they may get there with it, but I think um, I'm really skeptical that it is not going to be kind of broken when it launches.
0: And finally, Jeff asks Do you think there is or could be a viable market for a second HomePod device? Different size, different focus? Kind of so. My, my question is kind of in twofold to you, Jason. One, do you think there could be? And two, if there was in your mind, what does that look like?
1: Well, I. I've been meaning to write this for a while and I'm far from the first person to have this idea, but I think just as Sonos has done this, um, I think Apple should make a soundbar. I think Apple should make a Siri enabled soundbar. I'll go further and say, I think Apple should make a Siri enabled soundbar. That's also an Apple TV and you plug it into your TV and it makes nice sound and gives you surroundish sort of sound and will, uh, also plug into your TV and let you have stuff on your TV menu and do all of the things that an Apple TV does and it'll look good and it'll sound good and uh, and it'll do uh, it'll do Siri whether the TV's on or not and play music that sounds good like that that's the one that I keep thinking of is an opportunity for Apple to get people why attach an Apple TV to your TV well if if it comes with, if it's a sound bar that's also an Apple TV, then you're getting good sound on your HDTV, um, plus you pick up all the Apple stuff. And I, I, I feel like there's a product there that maybe would be more give people more reason to buy an Apple TV. And with the HomePod tech, it could also be functional all the time. You can talk to it. You don't need to even hold up the, the Siri remote and talk into it. You can just talk and the speaker will hear you and control your TV or play music or do whatever. So that's kind of my pitch. For the HomePod, I mean, I think the HomePod should be cheaper, <laughs> like bottom line. I, I think the HomePod, I think the HomePod's not bad. I think the problem with the HomePod, and I feel like as I look at my iPod HiFi fi that's right here, I think it's the same story, which is uh, people say like, oh, well, the iPod Hi-Fi, that was a really bad product. It wasn't a bad product. It was a misguided product that was overpriced and kind of oversold for what it was, but it's a perfectly fine speaker. The HomePod's, HomePod is good, and two of them is kind of great but the the price is just completely out of whack, so uh, with the rest of the market and uh and so you know barring a sound bar, I would say, I just think that the home pods should be cheaper, like and that they should sell it um and they should really aggressively sell it in a bundle, make the bundle of two of them cheaper, because everybody I know who's gotten two home pods has said, "Oh, yeah." it's so much better now like in a stereo pair uh on different sides of a room and it fills the room and like it goes from being a curiosity to being like the go-to music player in the house but that's 350 times two N- no it's too expensive so um my feeling is like the 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 product's okay they could put a they could hang a screen on it or something but at that point it's basically like an ipad attached to a speaker i'm not sure there's um I don't, i'm not sure that's great so my my feeling is yeah price and uh
0: and uh soundbar. What about you? I never thought of a soundbar. I think that's really cool. I would like that a lot. Um uh, my my thinking was the same that you were, that like they should just make the current one maybe a bit more affordable before they worry about building a second one. But that soundbar idea of an integrated Apple TV is a like a genuine product, right, that could exist without them needing to touch the current one. Like it, it's got enough new and cool about it. I like that Jason I would like that a lot. I I find it frustrating that I always have to remember to change my audio outputs to the HomePod from my Apple TV because I have the two and we have them kind of in a position that it's nice, right? They're like around the television. We actually have them on either side of our sofa, so like it's perfect for us for watching TV through the Apple TV, but it never seems to like lock to it. Like it's I have to keep remembering to to turn it to change the audio output. And if it was a device like a soundbar, it's more in tune to actually doing what it's supposed to do. And that's where the sound's going to naturally come from if the Apple TV's built into it too. I would like that product a lot. SoundPod. No, it's a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> HomePod TV, There you go. We found it. Uh, thanks so much to Instabug and FreshBooks and Lunar Display for their support of this week's episode. You can find Jason online at TheIncomparable.com and SixColors.com. He's also at JasonL.com on Twitter and Instagram. I am at imike, imyke, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, you can find this show and many other shows at relay.fm slash shows. There's tons of great content there for you uh, to feast your ears on. That's not a, that's not a phrase that yeah. exists. Sure. Yeah, okay, sure. cool. We'll go it's with an ear feast. Ear feast. If you'd like to send in questions for the show, uh, hashtag Talk for something fun to open with. And if you have any questions you'd like to hear us answer at the end of the show, hashtag AskUpgrade, where we can get into some good detail about those. Thank you so much for listening to episode 233 of Upgrade, and we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Mike Curly. Oh, goodbye, Jason Snow. Bump, bump, bump. John didn't do
1: any research, Mark and... Owen. No, no, sorry, wrong show. Wrong, wrong show. wrong show. Wrong one. <laughs> Every podcast should end with Jonathan Mann playing the banjo.